0: Thrivecast Nation, this is Clay Frost coming at you with another episode of Thrivecast. Today we have Jeff McCann. He is the Executive executive Vice President of the Future Elite Academy. That is in Westlake Village, California. Okay, I got the head nod. We're good. I think that was a decent, uh, not my best, but welcome on the show, man. I appreciate you coming.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: Yeah. Today, I... Uh, Having you on the show, Jeff, I start the same way I start every show. What is thriving to you? What does it mean? What does it look like? Maybe you could d- give us a definition. In fact, that's what we're going to try to do is have a solid definition.
1: Well, thriving, I, I think thriving is, is relative. It's, uh, you know, what is what is thriving to me is thriving is different than, uh, than it is to you or to anyone else. Okay. Uh, I think that thriving is success. Uh, it's probably... Uh, when we look at it, it's, uh, when we, when we, we say, okay, thriving, well, I'm in the, in the process of succeeding, if you will. Uh, and, uh, not necessarily in the monetary sense, but it could be, it could be, or it could be, uh, just in life. You know, if you're thriving, uh, I consider myself to be very fortunate to have my wife and my children, you know, and, and, uh, mm-hmm. my family's thriving. So if my family's thriving, uh, I'm thriving. So, uh, just this, this. Constant evolution and process and, and being the best version of yourself. That's thriving.
0: Um, I'm gonna kind of take out a few words that you used. Uh you I like the idea that it's individual, that it doesn't always look the same for every person. Um, but the individual process towards success. Do you feel like that that is thriving if we had to narrow it down to a very small definition? Sure. Yeah, sure. Come on, process. give
1: me <laughs> the individualized process to succeeding. Yes. And, and it's, it's a progression. It's, you know, if we're not, if we're not trying to improve, if we're not looking at each day, like we're, we're trying to improve ourselves, then, you know, that complacency often leads to us uh, not thriving and, yeah. and, and not being a success. And uh, so it, to me, it's, it's the constant uh, it, it's, it's the, it's it's a consistent effort to be the best version of yourself. Uh, that's how you thrive.
0: I like that. You you kind of touched on it a little bit already, but give us the opposite. I think a lot of people learn from kind of what to avoid, what to not do. Give us a, an idea of what thriving is not, or the complete opposite of thriving.
1: Well, I would say that uh, in my opinion. You're not thriving when you are complacent and you're just going to accept what the world's going to hand you, you know, instead of just taking the world by, you know, the taking the bull by the horns and just saying, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to control my own destiny and I'm going to push myself. Uh, I'm going to look at the, the obstacles that I face on a daily basis. I'm going to look at the uh, challenges and I'm going to meet them head on and I'm going to figure out solutions. When I can't when I get myself out of the of the creating solutions from adversity, uh, that's when I'm not thriving. You know, when I allow the world to dictate what's gonna happen, then that then I'm not thriving.
0: Yeah. So when you stop trying to actively solve problems or continuously progress, that's that's not thriving.
1: Right. And, and like that's that. that's when you're you're complacent and, and you're you're gonna wither, you know, you're gonna wither away in my opinion. I like that. Uh, thriving is a, it's a, it's a daily thing. You know, you're, you're constantly trying to improve and, and that's, that's how you thrive is when you're looking at each day, how can I improve?
0: Sounds tiring. How, how do you push beyond the fatigue in that?
1: That's a great question. You know, I, I, look at it from the perspective, you get one shot at this life, you know, you don't get to redo it. And uh, you know, I believe that you have to look at life uh, through the windshield and not the rear view, rear view mirror because when you're looking through the rear view mirror you're going to get an accident and you're, you can't change the past so uh, you know you you might as well look to how you can improve yourself in the future and it's a it's yeah. a challenge you know it's not like every day you wake up and you're you're feeling like you can conquer the world. I mean, shoot, man! I wake up certain days and I've got toddlers, so you know, I, I, there's a lot of sleepless nights. You know, if my kid's sick, I'm not sleeping, and I wake up and man, you know, the the world handed me a uh, you know quite a curveball to deal with uh, from the from the moment I woke up. Um, and then you combine that with an email that I get from you know my, from my business, something happened. You know, this going and, and oh wow, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes. The, the foundation of thriving might be just getting your feet out of bed and, and, and walking over to the coffee maker and, and, and getting that, that morning dose of caffeine to kind of get your brain going and say, all right, how am I going to handle this problem today? How am I going to yeah. handle a lack of sleep and, you know, manage my employees or whatever is going on that day, you know?
0: <laughs> For sure. For sure. Personally, I, I prefer the ice bath. That, that one oh, really yeah. wakes you up. That one, that one's a bit different of an animal. Uh, I've been, I've been flirting with that recently. And right now my ice bath in the backyard is frozen over with like a solid five inches of of ice. And I don't, I can't break through it. So I don't know what I'm doing with my life now that I can't do my ice bath. But anyway, um, side note on that, um, you know, you told me a really cool, interesting experience. I'd love to hear you dive deeper, uh, share with the listeners what happened? Have you ever heard of Mike? Uh, not Mike, but big um, Brian Regan. He talks. Uh, you ever heard of that comedian? Oh, no. well, he uh, does this. He's an older guy? An older? He's a bit older. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah
1: he's, exactly. a, he's, he's also an actor, right? Has he been in shows and, and, oh. and
0: stuff too? Or no? I, maybe. Anyway, he tells this whole bit where he. Uh, they're, they're playing um, Twister and he puts Vaseline on the squares and he's like left leg broken. Um, I, I don't know if you heard that, but when you told me you broke your left leg, that's what like left leg broken. Uh, tell us about the experience. You were a junior in high school, you were at Washington state. Um, fill us in.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, as a, uh, I, I was a, was an athlete and, uh, I, uh, loved football and soccer were my two primary sports and, um, my junior year i broke my leg in football and i really lost my whole junior year as a as a result of it and um you know as we had, as we talked about in the uh leading up to the show you know i i probably wouldn't be where i'm at now in life had that injury not happened um because you know i had never really taken training or you know sports performance seriously until that point i just always kind of relied on my natural athleticism and just you know i was a kid playing sports and and it was also the late '90s, and and you know where we're at now in sports performance compared to where we were then. I mean, it's just it's a it's a completely different age.
0: Different. Um,
1: so that said, uh, that moment really changed my life because you know I went from you know playing sports and doing all the things I was doing to oh well, shoot man now I'm in a cast and I'm I'm you know I'm not able to to to, to truly participate and, and do all the things that I want to go do and once that, uh, and that, and it changed my mindset too, because I had never really had a work ethic before that. Um, mm. and when that injury happened and I was able to ultimately get the, to a point where I could start training again, uh, I had to develop a mindset of, I'm going to to push through this. I know it feels like every time I'm, I'm trying to move quickly, you know, I'm trying to run, it feels like I have a cinder block for a foot, you know, I, I need to, I need to get myself to, to a point where I can go and compete, uh, on the soccer field, uh, which was in a few months, uh, which was my favorite sport. Um, but at the time, you know, it was a, it was a complete mind change, uh, mindset change. And, uh, I really began to embrace the world of sports performance. Um, and I really, really transformed my body as a result of it. And, uh, it it was the biggest blessing in disguise, not only did it allow me to have a great senior year of sports in both football and soccer, uh, but I believe that it set me on the trajectory of becoming, you know, a college athlete, being able to play college football. And then, you know, fast forward now, I'm 40 years old and I own a training facility in Southern California and I train professional athletes. And I, uh, I, I really believe that everything that I have now stemmed from that really terrible experience of breaking my leg and, you know, just, uh, being in a position where I had to, you know, I, I, I had to make a change. There, there was two ways I could go really as a result of it.
0: Yeah. That's wild, man. Was it a compound fracture?
1: No, it wasn't as something as significant as a compound fracture, but breaking both the tube and fibula is, is, is something that ultimately, you know, you're, you're, you're going to lose a significant period of time, mm. in not only the recovery, but also in the actual, you know, healing from the injury but then the actual you know physical therapy afterwards Mm -hmm. you know it's quite a process and uh so you know I was able to get myself to a position where I could go and I could compete on my varsity soccer team uh that spring
0: and and what what led you to realize like dude I have to change something like well I think when when was that light bulb moment
1: I think first and foremost was um, when I was in the weight room, uh, and I, uh, at my high school and, you know, really starting from square one, you know, from, from not being able to, to, to jump or run or do any of the things that I wanted to be able to do that my peers were doing in their off season training that, uh, I needed to be able to do to, to go and compete. And it, it just looking at my peers and I'm a very competitive person. And and just thinking, man, if, if I ever want to get back to where I was, if not even be better, uh, I've got to I've got to change my mind uh, set, and I've got to embrace strength and conditioning, sports performance. You know, I just was a kid, and I I enjoyed playing sports. You know, I enjoyed you know playing soccer. I enjoyed playing football. Those were my loves, um, but I didn't work hard at it. just, you know, I just was a kid. I I had fun playing with my friends. I, I, you know, I made varsity, I had success, but it wasn't until the injury where it was ultimately for me, this, this make or break moment where if you want, ever want to do this at a, at a high level, you know, if you want to, if you want to compete and be a starter next year, again, you've got to be able to do this. And so that was the mindset that that, that's, that's the, that's the exact moment was when I got, when I got to a position where I was able to train again and just saying, Hey, now you got to, now you got to embrace this world. Not run yeah. away from it, but embrace it.
0: I like that. Say yes to the world and keep moving forward, right? Uh, I have What's a complete. Go for ahead. it. What you gonna say?
1: Well, I mean, and and again, as an athlete, you know, I, I played college football and I had you know injuries in college, but because of that foundation, that mindset foundation that I had as a junior, I was able to say, okay, well, I have a shoulder separation, you know, uh, I'm missing games, but you know what? I'm gonna battle through this. I'm gonna persevere through this. I've been here before. I know what this world is about. And, and it, it, it helped me then too. And as somebody I'm 40 years old and I still work out, you know, regularly and I'm, my body's breaking down. (laughs) It just seems like one thing goes wrong after the other. But again, I can go back to that, that the lessons I learned as a 17 year old and, and I'm able to employ them now, even to this day. And, you know, shoot, I'm going to go golfing here tomorrow. Uh, but I, I tweaked my back not too long ago. I was like, I can do anything with rotation. Now I'm going to go out and play 18. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) living the life right there in Southern California, golfing
1: on the ground here right now. It's nice. 70 some degrees.
0: Beautiful. Um, (laughs) on this completely unrelated note, I just need to hear from you. Who is the greatest of all time in soccer between Messi and Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo?
1: That's a good question. Um, you know, I think that both guys are are so fun to watch, and uh, I think that you know, honestly, when I when I when I get to watch the World Cup, uh, I, I really look forward to watching Portugal play with Ronaldo. I'm not going to oh, say so he's gonna. Pay-
0: oh, but- uh, no, no, you have to make a decision. <laughs>
1: that-
0: it's the uh, most polarizing issue in soccer. Right, right. I'll yeah.
1: I'll go Ronaldo. I'm in the Ronaldo camp on this one then.
0: All right. There you go. You heard it here. Um, <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Um, you were, I, as we mentioned, weather. You actually were the, uh, uh, I guess, director of strength and conditioning for University of Idaho. In no, I was an assistant.
1: I was, I was nice. an assistant. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, I think with a when, when you well when you get to you know the Division One level of strength and conditioning, you'll have a head strength and conditioning coach, or you might even have a couple for the various sports. Uh, we were a mid major, so we had one, uh, and then you have uh, your assistants underneath you, and I was one of those assistants.
0: Cool. And you're in Moscow, Idaho, which is not 70 in January. Uh, tell us about that experience. What was it like? Uh, you said it was probably one of the toughest moments or toughest years in your life, bouncing between your job master's program, everything in between. How did you deal with it? What did you do? What helped you? Go.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, first and foremost, I was very fortunate to have the experience. Um, there's not a lot of people out there that can say they were a Division One strength and conditioning coach. So I, I am very thankful for the opportunity that I was given um, to do it. Uh, it was, and for those people that don't know really about that world, it is it is a challenging world in regards to your time um, because it's it's seventy hour weeks plus. You know, you're you're in the weight room early in the morning. You're there late, and uh, it is a consistent grind on a day in day out basis because. You know your job is to not only program and train to do the programming and the training for the athletes but you need to be high intensity lots of energy you've got to be a positive force in the weight room and day in and day out that that's the that the requirements of the job and uh on top of that i was also doing my master's degree so 70 hour weeks and then going to school at night and doing my projects on the weekends it was it was a definite uh, challenge for me to say the least. And, um, I will say that, you know, what really got me through it, uh, is, is probably, uh, and not to go on too many tangents here, but my faith, uh, I am, I am a Christian and I'm, I'm, and that, that when I look at the challenging, uh, the, the most challenging chapters of my life, Uh, I've always used my faith as a foundation and a compass to guide me. Um, but really just my work ethic that (laughs) circling back to that injury in high school, you know, I, I had to develop a work ethic and, uh, what started out as a work ethic in the physical sense because of my injury, uh, ultimately it, it, it found its way matriculating to the academic side of things. And, uh, I was, I was a good student from that point on. And uh, I was able to to kind of fall back on the foundation of my work ethic and my faith to get through those times. Uh, But it it, it goes back also to, you know, as we said, what's thriving, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you just, you had all these circumstances that could put you in a negative mindset to start your day. Well, can you, can you just keep moving one foot in front of the other and get to that coffee maker and, and just look at small victories, you know? Uh, and that was something that I had to do on a daily basis or with those small victories. You know, I have these, these, these circumstances that are making it not an enjoyable experience, but how can I find enjoyment in the things that I'm doing on a day in day out basis and know that also yeah. there was light at the end of the tunnel. You know, if I didn't want to renew my contract, if I didn't want to stick around for another year I could, I could do, but I had to finish that year and I wanted to get that master's degree done in a year with all the clinical research and all the things I had to do on top of all of the training. So it was, it was a, it was a, it was a challenge, but you know, when I left, uh, it was, and, and I, know, and when I look back in hindsight, I just, I'm so thankful for the experience. You know, I'm so thankful for the, not only the, the fact that I got that master's degree and I've got the experience as a division one strength coach, but I'm thankful for the experience of, of, of having to grind day in and day out in something that was really challenging. Mm. Uh, because when I look at all the things that I have to deal with in life now, um, nothing is as hard as that. I can make it through it. I'll be okay.
0: You know, not even toddlers.
1: Well, I've got twin toddlers. (laughs) So yeah, so that's a, that's a, that's a whole nother chapter, brother. That's a whole nother segment. You know, I can, I can talk for days about, uh, the, the life of twin toddlers. It's, 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 (laughs) it's gnarly.
0: That's awesome. You, uh, you mentioned something I I really liked, um, that as you, I'm totally small wins. That was it. I think that is one of the most underrated things as an individual that you can do is count them. However you want to count them, whatever, whatever makes sense for you in in looking at your small wins, but just at least recognize them that like anything that's helping you make progress, like give yourself some credit and keep moving forward. I think that that is a tremendously important concept in life. I love that you brought it up.
1: Yeah, it's and that, that, that is something that I live by on a daily basis. You know, there's going to be, again, you know, we talk about thriving and, and what, what does it mean? Well, it, the ability to formulate solutions to the problems that you're going to be handed on a daily basis. And as a business owner during a pandemic um, in the fitness industry, uh, I, I, get handed a lot of obstacles, uh, in a state that's completely shut down. I get handled, with a handed with a lot of obstacles and it's, it's, it really is looking at each day and saying, what are the small wins? You know, how did I win here? How did I win there? Okay. And, and being a, being a football player, uh, for so long, it was, it was something where it just, you know, taking each day and looking at it like a quarter yeah. in a game or a drive in a game, really, you know? And you don't, you, it's not Madden, you know, it's not, it's not like you're winning 104 to zero, you know, you're, you're, you're in real life, you're, you're going out there and you're dealing with with adversity and uh, you know, you, you get those small wins. Sometimes you score big, but you know, more often than not, it's just looking at each day and taking it each day as it comes, not, not to be cliche in that sense, but you know, taking each day as it comes and realizing it's a gift that you have when you wake up in the morning and you know, these, challenges that you face these obstacles that you face they're ultimately making you better you know and I talked about like looking back in hindsight at my experience as a college strength coach and yeah it's 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 easy to look back now and and it's been more than a decade since that's happened but you know I was able to to, I can look at things now and say man I'm so glad I went through that because I don't know how I would handle the current problem or this thing or this issue had I not been through that experience prior to
0: yeah I like that I like that a lot You, uh, uh, last question. Um, well, one of my last questions, I I want you to pick an audience. Okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. pick your, pick the people that you want to talk to and then give them a message of thriving, something that they can use to deliberately design a life where they can thrive in any situation. Um, but you have to be deliberate here. So you got to tell me who you're speaking to. Talk, you know, talk right directly into the mic. Who are you speaking sure. to, and what's your message?
1: Okay. Well, I, you know what I'm going to say is I'm gonna I'm gonna direct this message uh, to student athletes of all ages, high school, of all ages, college, of all ages, student athletes, you know, um, student athletes. The first the first thing I want to say is. You must be conscious of the fact that you are extremely fortunate to be able to do what you do. What do I mean by that? Um, I know there's a lot of people in, that I know in life um, who, for whatever reason, couldn't participate in sports, team sports or whatever. Um, maybe, maybe it could be because of a physical ailment. You know, maybe they, they have a you know uh, a condition that they can't play. Um, Uh, it could be financial costs, whatever it may be, some circumstance that prevents them from being a part of, of team sports and being just a part of athletics. My, my, my message to those who are able to be in that is, is just appreciate the fact that you can do it because there's a lot of people who can't. Um, and I think just that daily gratitude and being appreciative of what you have is, is a big, big deal. You know, I think we get caught up. I, I deal with a lot of young athletes. And unfortunately we live in this world of instant gratification and we live in this world where, you know, they see things on social media and they think that, Oh, well, that's, that, that's what I need. I need that kind of reclaim. I need that kind of recognition. I need that kind of success. And it, and it, it distracts them from what truly they're there to do. And that's, and that's to be the best version of themselves, to get the to truly get the benefits of, of playing sports. You know, I, uh, I look at what sport does for young people and team sports particularly, but just to sport in general, uh, developing you know, a work ethic, um, being able to collaborate and work with others to achieve goals. I mean, that's ultimately you get to the workforce and that's what you're doing. You know, uh, fostering intrinsic motivation. You don't always need these extrinsic factors to get you going. You wanna be the best version of yourself. You wanna be the best, you know, wrestler, the best uh, quarterback the best pitcher, you know, you want to be able to be the best version of yourself and, and not for the acclaim and not for the rewards, you know, uh, uh, society might throw at you, but just being the best version of yourself. But it stems from being just the, just be appreciative of the fact that you can go and do those things, you know? Uh, and, and that's, that's a big deal because um, we just get so caught up in the, in the, in the glitz and glamor of the social media, world or we get caught up in the fact that things aren't happening as fast as we want them to. And we don't understand that it's a process of becoming great at what you do. It's a process. And, you know, I, I heard Blake Griffin uh, say one time, fall in the fall in love with the process of being great. And that really resonated with me as a strength and conditioning coach, because you think about it day in and day out, I'm working with athletes to get them to be the best version of themselves. You know, not every, not every day you're, you're going out there and you're competing for a state championship. Not every day are you going out there and competing in a bowl game in college. You know, there are those days in, in, in June or in May where the dog days of an off season where you're grinding for something and you have no, no guarantee that you're even going to be there. And that's, that's something that if you ask for, what's a message uh, for young people or just in general, not only being appreciative of what you have, but also, just taking each day as it comes, you know, we need to be mindful of the moment we're in. You know, I heard Kobe Bryant uh, in an interview talking about mindfulness and, you know, he he, he was talking about an experience he had in high school. He was, it was his like sophomore year and he was in geometry class and he was thinking about the basketball game. He wasn't thinking about geometry. He was thinking about the basketball game he was playing that night. And then it came down to the actual game that night and they were up by three and something happened in the game and, uh, or maybe they don't by two or whatever it was, but, but something happened in the game, they lost. And, and he, he, in that moment was saying he wasn't even thinking about the moment that he was in. He was thinking about what he was going to do after the game that night, you know, what was he, he was thinking about his homework or something or whatever, but he was completely distracted and not connected to the moment he was in. And ultimately whatever happened in the game, somebody put back a rebound and, and, or hit a three and they lost And that's what got his mind thinking about being present in the moment. And I know I butchered that story, but that's the, that's the gist of it. Right. Um, So being mindful of what, where you are and what you're doing and not just thinking about the bigger picture, but think about the moment that you're in. That's a big deal. And in this day and age with a digital age kid who is, you know, able to access information like that at the, you know, tip of their finger with a cell with their cell phone. Um, And the the, the process of learning or the process of of certain things is now completely alleviated because of information and the information age. We get away from that, that process that we need to to really, you know, truly immerse ourselves in if we want to be good at what we do. And that's not even just sports. It can be anything. it can be the business world. I love it. That would be my advice is, is appreciate, be appreciative of what you have and where you're at at the same time. Also be mindful of the moment that you're in every day, all day, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I, I live by that. I come home each night and the very first thing I do is I, I take my phone and I just put it over uh, on a charger put it away from me. You know time what out. I mean? Because
0: you're on a timeout. Exactly.
1: <laughs> timeout, right? Phone timeout. One I, 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 I'm crazy about my wife. She's she, uh, head over heels over her. So I want to give her all the attention I can, but I've got two babies. Mm-hmm. I got two kids and you know, they're the work emails or whatever, you know, I need to do that. That phone's, you know, lighting up like a, you know, like a Christmas tree. I need to completely detach, detach from that and be completely immersed in the moment with my family.
0: Yeah. And that's
1: something I, you know, on a daily basis, I do.
0: I love it um you know what i that's normally the last question i ask but i want to i want to hear your thoughts on this one one more statement um i've kind one of the favorite questions that i have when i talk to other coaches or even parents is i love to hear you know who the most competitive person they've ever met is you know they they say whoever it is say and then i ask the second question is what do you think makes them tick like that? Like what what's going on between their ears? What has made them so competitive? And then the last question, and this is the question that I, I'd love to hear you respond to is, can you train competitiveness? And if so, where does that start?
1: Wow, you hit me with yeah. a great question
0: there. Yeah, I felt really good. That really rolled off the <laughs> tongue. I, I shouldn't have bragged about it, but it felt great.
1: No, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I have been very fortunate in my career um, to have worked with a lot of high-level athletes um, from the first pick in the NFL draft uh, to major league baseball players, uh, mm-hmm. NFL athletes, collegiate All-Americans. I've worked with a lot of, a lot of people. Um, and, you know, I, I can say that, yeah, there's a lot of them that are extremely competitive, but I think honestly, I'm the most competitive person I've ever met. I love it. (laughs) Now, when I hear stories of like, you know, the greats, like, like when I watched like the last dance with Michael Jordan, right. Like Mm -hmm. that guy was a competitor. Right. Uh, obviously Kobe Bryant's competitive nature was always talked about and, and, and highlighted. Um, and you know, I, I've been around a lot of high level athletes and and know that that the the competitive drive that they have has fueled Mm -hmm. them to a point where they've had success and where they're at. But, uh, at the end of the day, I think I'm the most competitive person I've ever known because I compete (laughs) and and I, I don't want to sound conceited. Um, but I, but it, it, I'm not, you didn't ask who's the most successful person or, or who's the best. You just asked who's the most competitive. It's me. I'm, I'm going to compete in everything I do. You know, I, I if it's Monopoly, I'm going to compete like the living daylights with my wife and her family. I want to win, you yeah. know. Um, and as a business owner in a, in a very com- com- competitive market, uh, I want to win there. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so and when it comes to just, you know, my life, I, I want to win. You know, and yeah. not necessarily for myself, but I compete for my family, you know, to provide my kids with the best experience I can possibly provide them with. So, um, and, wh- and, 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 you ask, what, where does that competitive, uh, drive s- stem from is it for me personally, and I don't know if anyone's ever answered it with themselves. So I don't want to sound like some jerk, Actually, there, but you'd
0: be surprised. They usually say me or my sibling, brother, sister, whoever, and then me. Age. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, a lot yeah. Of a-
1: shoot, man, I've I've been competing with my my younger brothers, uh, and uh, for years, you know, I I uh, I, I have some very there, there's a lot of uh, guys in my uh, in, in my past that I've competed with uh, yeah. who were close friends, if not family of mine, you know, and, and then obviously on the field of competition, but but yeah, and, and I think that you know my my competitive drive uh, now as a father and as a husband is fueled by my family. And and trying to be the best version of myself for them, um, but prior to it, I've just I've just never been one who was okay with just you know the the average. You know, I wanted to be whether it be a student uh, or or an athlete. I, I and it does, I'm not saying I was the greatest athlete in the world or the greatest student in the world by no stretch of the imagination am I saying that, but I was in, in every day in every way trying to make myself better in those two those those two arenas. Uh, and as a business owner. Uh, I, I, look at that too now, like, you know, shoot those things that I was competing at as, as a youth and as, in my younger years, uh, in the, in the realm of academics and, and in sport has ultimately put me in a position where I can go out there and compete in the business world and, and try to be a success in that sense. Uh, at the same time, be the, be the person that I can I, be somebody that can help as many individuals as I possibly can, whether it be the athletes that I train or the academy that we run through our training facility for the student athletes, uh, to be the best version of myself for them so that ultimately they can thrive.
0: Love it. Then don't forget the last part is how do you instill or is, is that level of competitiveness teachable? And if so, where does that start? You left the hardest question for last. I had to, I had to come back (laughs) around. (laughs) Well,
1: okay. well, let's say in the context of my family, uh, I have uh, two four year olds and uh, I have them competing with one another. You know, I'm starting this at a very young age. Do I have any aspirations of my kids being like stud athletes? No, I don't. You know, I just want them to be good enough to have fun with their friends and compete. Right. Uh, And get all the benefits of sport, which I talked about earlier. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I want I have a daughter. I want my daughter to go be a CEO of a company, you know, I want her to, to, to be the best version of herself. And I want her to compete every day with her twin brother, you know? Uh, And, and, and whether it be, you know, a race in the backyard or who can find the remote, the first, (laughs) you know, the TV remote, which seems to always disappear somewhere. Uh, I'm always, I'm always looking at ways to instill that competitive edge with them, even as, 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 as four-year-olds. And somebody might be listening to this podcast and that's disgusting. That's sick. How can you be doing that with four-year-olds? But I'm trying.
0: Well, um, I'm doing it with my five-year-olds. So I, 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 don't, I don't know <laughs> if that's better.
1: But, but, you know, I also, you know, I, I'm around athletes all day, every day. And, you know, I, I am always trying to instill a competitive edge with every kid that I put my stamp on you know, and, uh, you know, in the, in the realm of athletics that's done through competing during workouts, it's one Mm. thing just to train your body, but it's another to throw in that variable of competition and training to, uh, with with a, with maybe a negative consequence of some added exercise pushups or whatever, if you lose or, or whatever, but, but trying to breed that competitive nature, uh, is, is, it's a, it's a, it's a grind and it's a daily process, you know, and, I think that with, with, with working with young people, it's, it's important that you're instilling that competitive edge because when we look at what, what's the end game, well, the end game is to make them you know, successful people later in life. And I'm not talking monetarily. I'm just be thriving, right? Going yeah. back to the root of the conversation. Well, to thrive means that you're, in my opinion, on a daily basis, trying to improve yourself. So you're, you're consistently competing. Yeah. And you're competing against yourself or you're competing against external factors. Like I look at other, you know, gym owners, other facility owners, I'm competing against them. You know, every day I wake up, I'm trying to be the best at what I do. And I think that if we can, if we can get uh, the people that we are trying to influence to, to also have that competitive edge when they get done uh, in, in the context of sport, if they get done being an athlete, well, they're in the business world. They need to have that competitive edge that they developed and honed through their athletic careers to go and be successful in the workforce.
0: I love it. Probably, uh, Honestly, Jeff, that's probably one of the most concise answers I've heard without saying I don't know at the end. <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah, great. You knocked that one out of the park. Um, well, uh, do, I mean, normally I end with another question, so I'm going to end now a different way. Is there anything else that has been left unsaid that you want to add to the conversation of thriving?
1: I think we've done a really good job of, of talking I, about it. I, I, I thought so too. I
0: just didn't want to cut it off right at the end.
1: Right. Well, it's, yeah, I, I don't know if you can, you can put the the story of thriving in, in a, in a, in a, in a segment of a podcast. I think that this is a, it's a, it's a book with many chapters, you know, and it's, and it's a, it, it, it's, it's something where, you know, you're looking at this daily, pro, daily process of thriving. It, it it has to be something that you're continuously working at and never being mm-hmm. complacent, and and setting goals. And that's something maybe that we we didn't address in this is is looking at goals and not just in the vague, you know, hey, I I, I want to be good at my sport or hey, I want to get good grades, but but actually having tangible, measurable goals uh, that you can really, you know, gauge your success on? How did you, did you achieve it? Did you fall mm-hmm. flat? Did you fall short of it? Were you in the middle? What did you do? I, I, I do think that that is something that if you ask me, Hey, did we forget something? Uh, I would say that that is, that is a big part of it, especially when you're trying to develop and hone these skills with the young people that you work with is, is saying, okay, what is success to you? Well, I want to have a lot of money. Well, what is a lot of money? you know i run a, an academy and we have uh and uh, what i think separates us from anyone else is one you know we have this high level of training that we provide for our kids but we're an entrepreneurial academy so we're trying to develop entrepreneurs you know, that use that are, these are also high level athletes but we want them to have a, a wide background of of skills to fall back on if sports mm-hmm. don't work out Or if sports the platform, okay, well, I also want to be able to, and we have a lot of athletes that train in here and these athletes, they own businesses, you know, they have money managers that give them, you know, that direct them in the, in the way that they need to as entrepreneurs. And they learn that way. Well, when we say, when we go back to developing those skills, well, what what is success to you? You know, formulating plans and, and giving uh, the people that you want to, to, to develop uh, a roadmap. You know, and it starts with a foundation, uh, many, many layers of a foundation. But one of those layers in the foundation is the ability to set goals, effective, true, measurable, tangible goals.
0: I love it. It sounds like uh, you just gave a great trailer for the next episode that I'll bring you on for. we will talk about it.
1: <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, Thrive
0: Cast Nation. This is, uh, this is Jeff McCann. Thanks so much for being on the show, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate it.
0: We'll see you all in the next episode.